The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event. Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and I'm more over than NWO Vincent. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Laparca to my psychosis. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? The coat. The co- oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. I like how uh like literal translation of like like you pointed out the little literal translation of the parka is literally like the parka the coat whatever it's like okay and then it's like when you ask somebody who actually speaks spanish they're like oh yeah it's like the grim reaper like okay (laughs) like uh i i I would not have guessed that but i mean you can kind of guess it's a weird language i guess yeah well Ladies and gents, today we're talking about a show that Greg said he damn near fell asleep during as a kid when he loved everything that was on uh, uh, WCW and WWF. It is Spring Stampede 1998. I will tell you now, we bring you this news segment uh, before the actual rundown of the event itself for a reason. Today is one of those reasons. (laughs) It's a... there's plenty to talk about on the show. Don't get me wrong. It's just not all. Of sure, it's, we'll say um, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not all of it's great, interesting, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's something, man. WWF just put on WrestleMania 14, one of their hottest WrestleManias ever, which we have a news story about. Game changer wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and over in WCW, they're doing this. I mean, it literally did change the game, so. Yeah. Yeah, this did not, though. This was, um, it was something. There were a couple decent, there were a couple decent matches on the show. I'm not saying it's all crap top to bottom. It just, eh, some of it was like, why? Why, and why are you making me pay for this? I don't know. I, I guess, uh, there's, there's going to be plenty to talk about with that. Um, but I didn't pay for it. My buddy did. Or no, no, he didn't. Oh, but he, he didn't got. Pay for it. Yeah, uh, you know, well, you know, statue of limitations. Plus, you know, you didn't do it. You know, you just, uh, you know, you you happen to be in the area. You know what I'm like saying? I said before, he has since passed away. So, what are you gonna do? Go, go his corpse in jail? <laughs> exactly. That's really past statue of limitations. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it is what it is. I wasn't into WCW at all during this time. So I had a couple of buddies who were. Like, uh, I was a WWF kid and my, the neighbors that I hung out with, they were WCW kids. So yeah, it's, they would tell me about what's going on in WCW and I'm like, aren't those the old guys from WWF? They're like, yeah, but still. You know, there's a watch you didn't know that just asked that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was, it was someone missing man made against someone missing man made and some loose doors from Mexico. Boom. Nitro. I, I remember the very first time my dad turned on Nitro because I didn't know WCW existed there for a while. And my dad turned on a Nitro and I'm like, isn't that Diesel and Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, Mr. Perfect? I'm like, what, what is this? So, yeah. And then I was like, 
why are they going by their real names? Uh, it's like, this, this is weird. Like, as a kid, you know, it doesn't compute. And, you, like, you know, I, I played a lot of that. Uh, you and I talked about the Super Nintendo game, that Royal Rumble. And so, it, like, I'm seeing these guys on the, another channel looking different, call themselves something else that, like, broke my brain. I'm like, what's going on right now? Why aren't you in WWF anymore? Because but, screw you. Yeah, right. Well, we'll talk about all that uh, and plenty in the news. This is a <clears throat> very newsworthy time for multiple reasons. And you'll see the return of a segment we did last week that uh, I, I think uh, was, was a hit. <laughs> but, uh, well, we'll get into all that. First, I want to do I do want to tell you about uh, a new sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day at the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Spring and summer are just around the corner, so you know when you're out golfing and the sun's beating down and you just want to take your shirt off because of the heat? Well, these polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. That's great for beating the heat, because I don't know about you, but even here in the Midwest, our summers get blazing hot. So you don't want to give up your golfing time because it's just a little too warm outside. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to dive into our first break here. Tell you about our great merchandise. Tell you about the other great podcasts we support here on the main event, Marks. Uh, especially... Oh, right. You have to remind me, is, is hockey season like winding down or like what's going about on? Be, we're about to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, OK. So I, as as you all can tell, I don't hockey, bro. So I, I don't know what's going on there. But uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of other great podcasts. I'm sure uh, Shaggy's doing a great job on here in Puckburg. And uh, so you also keep up with him and the hockey season and all the other Great sports and wrestling podcasts we support. Also, the ones we don't have promos for. Wrestling Addicts uh, is a great friend of the show. Check his show out. And Jacob Rondi with Curtain Jerkin. You can download it on our YouTube, our Rumble, or you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. But we'll get into our first break here. On the other side, it is news and notes time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble. 
in your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we are back we're back the main event marks is sponsored by coffee brand coffee where they ditch the gimmicks you see when you buy your coffee from other roasters chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time here, and that means uh, that is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> uh, That's classic. Gotta love Joe Pesci lines, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, news and notes time here. This one, God, it, it is that time, Greg. So, there's more behind-the-scenes turmoil in WCW as about a dozen different stories are brewing. The biggest story is the future of Ric Flair in WCW. Uh, Flair has been announced to, or had been announced to appear on Thunder last week in an angle where he would reform the Four Horsemen, which would include Bill Goldberg, Himself, Lex Luger, and likely Dean Malenko. <laughs> Where the hell did Goldberg come from? That's out of left field to me. I know. Like at least Luger used to be a horseman. Uh, Malenko makes sense. Himself, obviously. Goldberg. Uh, look, I, you and I have talked about we love Goldberg, but the four horsemen were always known as like workhorses. You saw him go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right. I was like, 
when I hear the name Bill Goldberg, I don't think workhorse, Iron Man, you know, that kind of stuff. So, it's probably made of iron. Oh, well, yeah, he's a, built like a brick, you know, what house, but either way, uh, getting back to the story, though, but Flair has already the Jewish made WCW legend. <laughs> right. Uh, but Flair has already made pl- had already made plans to go see his nine year old son Reed wrestle in an amateur wrestling competition. Oh, so this is that. Okay, right. Uh, Flair had uh, insisted that he had gotten the time off cleared months ago, but Eric Bischoff disagreed and was furious when Flair didn't show up and was talking about firing or suspending Flair. A few days later on Nitro, Bischoff held a backstage meeting with wrestlers. Bischoff has already gotten a lot of heat for firing Sean Waltman for no good reason and for essentially being an a-hole to everyone in the company other than Hogan. Uh, He then went on to give a speech completely burying Flair, saying that everyone knows that Flair isn't a man of his word and promising to make an example of him. You know, because when you're trying to, uh, you know, boost morale, uh, that's uh, you know th- that's always the best way to do it. Say, well, I'm going to make an example out of this wrestler that you know is on our roster because he pissed me off. You mean the greatest wrestler you were having your roster at that point? Yeah, right. Huh. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bischoff. You know, what years dick. later. Yeah, Bischoff years <laughs> later said he handled this horribly, which I feel like hindsight isn't even 2020 on that one. Like you should have just known this is a bad idea. But he did it, and uh, apparently pissed off a lot of people, alienated a lot of people, and uh, kind of brought morale down and brought down trust in him. But I'm sure morale was extremely high at this point, too. Oh, yeah. Well, another thing is people were talking about uh, Flair very well, might have gotten it cleared with WCW management, but communication was so god-awful in that company, nobody would have known. (laughs) Ah. That's like getting your uh, getting your vacation cleared with corporate, and then uh, your manager is like, "Well, I scheduled you to work, though, so you know, screw you." I would go to the manager first, period. Honestly, but just I, w- you would think that, but apparently the way it worked in with with Turner, since they were you know quote unquote corporate and whatever, was you had to get it cleared with them. Well, it makes no sense. They're not there at every show. Yeah, well, you trust someone running the show, so why the hell would, would he think? Be- yeah, well, you would think the ones from corporate that are, you know, clearing vacation and stuff like that might communicate with your direct report, but apparently not. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Turner was just uh, com- a complete mess. No. Yeah, I know. You shut your mouth. It's so shocking that they had had uh, sold off to, you know, a bunch of different companies since then. <sighs> Whatever. And, you know, and as we all know, uh, they're they're like kind of tied into Warner brothers discovery and all that at this point. It's like, and, and that uh, company's a well-oiled machine as we all especially know right now. Oh, exactly. They're firing on all cylinders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They didn't just have, you know, two bombs back to back for DC and, uh, they're just, uh, you can go on and on with that one. But anyway, uh, Flair's future isn't the only one in question as several other WCW wrestlers are also wanting out. Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Meng, Scotty Riggs, and Scott Hall were all not Riggs. A, God, we're all at a backstage. They're uh, all backstage at a recent ECW show, mostly just visiting since the two promotions were in the same town. 
Malenko and oh, Guerrero. Briggs is going to go so to TCW. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot he does get. He, isn't he like RVD's friend or something like that? Yeah, Scotty Anton. Yeah, I don't know if that's it. his real name or not, but I'm pretty. Yeah, I think it is. But uh, Malenko and Guerrero were openly talking to people in ECW about wanting out of their WCW contracts, which end on uh, end in November of 1999. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. That, I mean, no doubt they wanted out of their contracts, but not to go to ECW. I mean, like, come on. Malenko in particular has his lawyer working on getting him out. Chris Jericho's contract expires sooner, and he also wants out. I wonder how that's going to work out for him. <laughs> Uh, and then there's Chris Benoit, whose contract exp- uh, also expires in November of 99. Paul Heyman wants Chris Benoit in ECW more than anyone because he wants to make him the ECW champion and believes that he can make Benoit a superstar. <laughs> okay. A superstar uh, in ECW, huh? Oh. Yeah. Uh, WWF is also interested in Rey Mysterio Jr., whose contract is up in a couple of months. But given how much WWF has squandered smaller guys, it probably wouldn't bode well for Mysterio and WWF. Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> guy who just got inducted in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. He's a what, a- three-time world champion, I believe. Yep, just had a huge marquee match at uh, WrestleMania again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, WWE's track record was with cruiserweights, light heavyweights, whatever you want to call them, in 98. I could see why they're saying that. But eh, it's not like it was going gangbusters for him in WCW around this time. After he lost his mask, it was like, oh, yeah, Rey Mysterio. Not saying he wasn't popular, but it's like it, it just he didn't seem special to me at that point. I was like, just another guy on the roster. Yeah, he didn't even so, turn him heel at one point, too, because that worked like a charm. Yeah, Rey Mysterio is a heel on the Filthy Animals, and that was just, yay. And and we all fondly remember the Filthy Animals, I I, I think I can safely say. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Why I, I sent sarcasm in there. Right. Uh, not to backtrack too much, but the thing about Flair, I knew this was the time because uh, they were, the WWF was in Charlotte for Unforgiven, this year, it actually, I think this month, next month, something like that. Uh, what month is this? May? Uh, yes. I think it was last month. I think it All was right. April. Okay, no, yeah. I'm sorry. This is, this is April. Uh, April. Okay, then it is yeah, this so. Month. yeah, so they were in they were in Charlotte, and this crap was going on with Flair, and Flair wanted to appear on Unforgiven, but according to Bruce Pritchard, the th- who was like uh, on the phone with Flair negotiating all this stuff with lawyers and whatever, um, the... It's one the of my favorite of, stories ever. Right. Yeah. The crux of it was they were going to say, oh, a great wrestling champion uh, named Flair is in the crowd tonight, and they were going to show Reed with Rick standing right next to him, because Reed would have just won like an amateur wrestling championship. So that was the whole thing. So that's, that's their, so that, freaking childish, though. It is. But it's like that was their workaround to get Rick on WWF pay-per-view while he was still under contract with the competition. But Rick's lawyers said probably not about the best idea to do that. So he he just didn't do it. Yeah, that's so, so. AEW, dude. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, remember, I mean, this is much more lame, but you remember when TNA 
was like, oh, everybody's coming out to TNA shows. Look, it's it's uh, Robbie from WWE, the Highlanders. He's in our crowd tonight. A lot bigger splash. They got somebody that mattered or anyone that someone knew. Yeah. I know. So they got him fired because uh, all stories point to that was why they fired Robbie and the Highlanders. And so they cost him his job. It did and nothing partner, for that. Who did nothing, by the way. Right. Uh, it did nothing for TNA. And it burned a bridge. Like, if, if they ever thought about, well, if he leaves WWE, maybe we can, you know, because the Highlanders were a hot commodity. Um, <laughs> you know, he was they never going to get them over with Roddy Piper introducing them, dude. Right. Like, they were, like, he would never work for them. So, what was the point of it? Like, it, was, it was so uh, stupid. I'll tell you what it was. Think giggles. I guess <laughs> it was. It was like, did he hit on somebody in management's wife or something? And they want, and they were just vindictive. My question: Why the hell is he there? In the crowd, no less. Not like, like usually if a wrestler visits or like backstage. The only time yeah, I saw Ashby Sarks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Apparently, that got him a lot of heat in AEW. Not that I think he gives a damn. But probably wants the hell out. Well, you're you're wondering, oh, why did uh, you know why why do they keep acting like they're building them up and crapping on them? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe that's the reason. I don't know. Like, oh, you're going to be backstage WWE. Well, f you. My thing with that one is they're going to with Juice Robinson now. What do you get? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. No. no. Yeah. No. Please put me against Orange Cassidy, please. <laughs> <laughs> But my, my thing about that one was somebody I didn't even think about this until somebody pointed it out. They're like some a-hole had access to security cameras and took a picture and then floated it around on the Internet. Like, what a jerk. Yep. yep. Like, who the hell is working at these places, man? Yeah, complete a-holes. Anyway. Uh, as for why Scott Hall was backstage at the ECW show, it was where he lives, and he was... <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but it was where he lives, and he was visiting his friend Just Incredible, a.k.a. Aldo Montoya. When Hall was backstage, he was confronted by Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Chris Candido, all of whom had well-known problems with Hall back in the WWF days. It was said to be a tense situation, with Douglas in particular getting in Hall's face and screaming at him, and Bigelow backing him up, saying that they didn't want him in the ECW locker room. Hall eventually called a cab and left after a few minutes, and as he was leaving, Francine yelled at him to get in line and buy a ticket like the rest of the Marks. You yell at a guy that's more successful than three of you combined, okay. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Francine is going to big dog Scott Hall, okay. <laughs> Uh, this led to a funny moment where Tommy. I like Kramer, how all the, three of them were a, team, a legit team at that time. That was the triple threat, I believe, right? Right. Well, uh, this led to a funny moment where Tommy Dreamer walked into the room as Hall was leaving, and not aware of the tense situation that was happening, jovially offered Hall a ride home. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer, just a nice guy. That's what Cornette says about him. He says he's way too damn nice, like Mick Foley. I believe it. He seems like so he's cool just dude. way too nice. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, he seems like a cool dude. Uh, Being the innovator say, of violence is a nice dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, well, hey, he had he has to have a great personality for scoring who he did as his wife. I mean, come on. But yeah, this team—I feel like 
maybe Bigelow could have backed Hall down. Uh, but like, I feel like if Chris Candido or Shane Douglas got in Hall's face alone, Hall would have just like smacked the crap out of him and kept walking. Well, Bigelow might have called him a derogatory name. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, what uh, what racial slurs can I throw out for an Italian? I'm assuming he's Italian. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's. Uh, I don't know if I. No, that's right. I told the story off air. There's. Uh, if anybody goes and looks up. There's a, th- a segment you can find on Kevin Nash's Click This uh, YouTube page. He's talking about when they were on him and Hall let Bam Bam ride with them and why that was the last and final time they ever let Bam Bam ride with them. And it involved racial slurs in public Well, and, and, and a gun. I'll say that. But anyway, moving on. You mean the guy with a, with a bald head and, and flames tattooed on it was... Probably not, you know, the, the, the smartest dude. I thought he was a choir boy. Right, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I know he's passed away. Uh, it's just like, but these are like real life stories. I'm not like, well, I don't know. I guess I guess I should, uh, I, I should cover my ass. Allegedly! Real life <laughs> stories here that uh, were told by one Kevin Nash. So, it, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, on WCW Thunder, a fan jumped the barricade and grabbed Raven by the hair during his promo, dragging I remember of, this. <laughs> dragging him out of the ring before he could be tackled by security. A few days later, another fan jumped the rail at Nitro while Raven was cutting a promo in the aisle and tackled him. Security jumped in and pulled the guy off and held him down as the cameras cut away. Not a good week to be Raven. If I remember correctly, one of those, he gets pulled out, he hops right back, he goes right back to the corner, sits down, and continues his promo like a freaking pro. <laughs> well, he had his training in ECW where that was just commonplace. So, Right. Which is sad to say, but how many times have we had stories on this podcast? Not only is it of, commonplace, I feel like it's almost encouraged in a way. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, there was, there were a couple times where they would like cut promos on fans, like egging them on and crap. Like, dude. You know, there's one set of fans that you know are t- tame. It's drunk Philadelphia fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. If there's if there's one set of uh, of wrestling fans that you might want to encourage to uh, you know hop in the ring with you, it's it's definitely them because because they're not going to take you up on the offer or anything. <laughs> well, are you ready for a laundry list of injuries here in WCW? Actually, um, probably. Yeah, well, here we go. Uh, Hold on, Rick I'm, Mar- I'm going to say you're going to start with Macho Man. Uh, that, well, he is on the list, bro. Uh, but of course Rick he is. Mar- Rick Martell is expected back in about three months after his recent knee injury. I don't think he is. Isn't that it for him? I don't think he ever comes back. I don't think I ever see him wrestling again. Yeah, we. I want to say we reviewed the show where he blew his knee out. Yeah, it was Super Brawl. Is that that show? Yeah, it was uh, him and him and Booker T. The match was supposed yeah. to go longer. I think Martel was supposed to win, if I remember correctly. And then they I think that's how it, it went. On, yeah, I yeah, think. and they switched it on the fly because he blew his damn knee out. Uh, and then what's weird is Booker ended up winning the whole damn thing, didn't he? Because he had a match right after. Yeah, I don't remember with who though. So weird. It's like he goes from he's losing in the first match to you're the champ, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, but yeah, so Rick Martel blows his damn knee out. Go, go review or uh, go, go check that out now in the archive. Super Brawl figures uh, eight. But then uh, Hector Garza just had knee surgery and will be out until October. 
Again, tell me another one. Uh, and then Randy Savage is expected to work the pay-per-view, but will probably have surgery afterwards. <sighs> yeah. Um, and we'll talk about him here. In, uh, or no, I guess that, that's, uh, that's the only place. I guess uh, we'll talk about it during the match, like kind of what his injury is that he's working through. But yeah, uh, it'll, uh, this is another one we talked about last week. Randy Savage is effing hurt, man. Different year, same story. And finally, Davy Boy Smith injured his knee recently, but is still expected to work the pay-per-view. Again, tell me another one. Right. So Martel, knee injury. Garza, knee injury. Davy Boy, knee injury. Randy Savage, uh, knee injury. <laughs> like, God, what's with everybody's knees giving out, man? Well, some I mean, of your old men. I mean, you know, Hector Garza was kind of a spring chicken at that moment, but. Yeah, right. Uh, I will say, well, it wasn't technically a knee injury for Randy, but it was in that vicinity, so we'll go with it. Ricky Steamboat has threatened uh, has threatened Ultimo Dragon with a lawsuit over the name Dragon, which Steamboat has apparently had trademarked for usage as a pro wrestler for years. So if Ultimo Dragon ends up changing his name, that will be why. <laughs> I also find it funny that later on, Davey Steamboat would use his music. <laughs> I know, right? So it was almost like he was ripping off Ultimo Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that uh, that didn't go anywhere. It's like, dude, there can only be one person with the name Dragon. He wasn't calling himself the Dragon. So I, I don't know. That's stupid. But WCW. Like, no, no, he's, he's, the, he's the ultimate Dragon. The ultimate. God dang it, pal. But WCW finally got around to releasing some Bill Goldberg merchandise, and to no one's surprise, it sold like crazy. Goldberg shirts alone counted as nearly 20% of the merch sold at Nitro last week. Who would have thunk it? This is their one epic uh, win coming in a few months with him. Right. The only thing they really do ever. Yep. Yeah, well... Obviously, the NWO shirt was the pinnacle. Like that one's still being sold under WWE, so that was their. That was their. Yeah, there were like, like a hundred thousand of them at WrestleMania in LA or somebody weekend. I'll bet. And they tried. This one wasn't as popular, but I still thought it was cool. They had the white shirt with the black NWO logo. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, they also had a red one with a black logo too. I yeah. had that. One. And then, well, yeah, for the wolf pack, they had the, the black and red, red and black, and then they had the one with a wolf face on it. I had that that shirt as a kid. That was one Sting always used to wear, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was. The wolf face. But Jesse Ventura, who they is... They credit for their marketing and shirts and stuff. Yeah, I, they did have quite a bit of merchandise. Uh, the LWO, obviously, variation, and so WWE's now, back. bringing that back. <laughs> yeah, right. WWE's bringing that cash cow back. They're like, hmm, I wonder how many Latinos will actually order, will uh, will buy this now. I, I, I'm sure th- those too, dude. In SoCal? No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that blows me away. I think they're I think they're very scarce in San Diego, though. Yeah, only only a couple, you know, really, uh, really keeping it low key. My freaking dad only had one wrestling shirt his entire life, and that was the one. <laughs> Mother of God, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. But Jesse Ventura. For those who don't right? know, my dad was Mexican. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Greg's half, so he gets a 50% pass on uh, on Hispanic jokes. 
But Jesse Ventura, who was running for governor, was in attendance at Nitro in Minneapolis. He was never mentioned or shown on TV, but he was all over the building, shaking hands and kissing babies and whatnot. He also shaking babies and kissing hands. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I want to spit. (laughs) I I don't know why I said that. It just seemed to fit. Uh, But he also brought a new camera crew with him. Uh, or brought a camera crew with him to document it, which WCW wasn't happy about, but they ultimately allowed it. Uh, there was a there were crowd chants for Ventura throughout the show. Yeah, uh, he was yeah he was running for governor. Okay, so he wasn't quite governor yet. He'd be on this. Uh, be on this or next year's SummerSlam. Next nine was it? Ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, we got to review that one soon. Wasn't that the? I thought we, I thought we did. Did we? Uh, I don't know. You're bad about this. We've done this before. I well, know. Full on recording. You told me. Oh, we already did this one. Yeah. But you I, think I would have caught? But. Uh well, no, we have not done SummerSlam '99. Uh, okay, we did '98. Okay. Yeah. So uh, was that the one where Triple H gets hung up by his knee brace and the ropes and he has to be saved? Or was that '98? Oh, awesome. Oh, Austin does. Okay, I don't know why I was thinking Triple H. He gets saved by Triple H. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I was close-ish, I guess. In the ballpark. Yeah, right. It involved Triple H in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but anyway, speaking of involving people, unfortunately, Hulk Hogan's new movie, Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, was a, spectac- was a spectacular bomb, opening at number 33 in its first weekend. There were there were thirty three movies that weekend. If anybody's ever seen the first three ninjas movie, go watch that. That that's a classic. That I is great. Did, I never it's did amazing. watch those films. Uh, I did have a friend who I uh, loved his, it. It's hilarious. His mom's, hell. Well, I, had a, I had a friend whose mom said like uh, he apparently grew up on those movies, just watching them on a loop. Whereas I've seen the first one, but yeah, I I never. <laughs> I never saw him, so, but, uh, yeah, this one was a spectacular bomb. But it got bad reviews, too, which, that's nothing new, since all of Hogan's movies get bad reviews, but none of them have opened this poorly before. Because it's yeah. the first one under WCW, I believe. What? Oh, is it? Wow. Yeah, at least in wow. theaters, I think, um, I'm pretty sure, uh, Salt and Devil's Island was a TNT movie. Oh, uh, Okay. Uh, I, re- I remember we did review uh, the what the hell was it? Uh, it was Halloween Havoc, right? Where he wore that stupid wig. Yeah. Yeah. That was 97? 98? Yeah. 97, uh, I want to say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what was it 97? Uh, I don't. God dang it, pal. I don't, I don't know. Now I got to look it up. Where the Halloween Havoc are not good bedfellows. <laughs> Yeah, right. You always crap the uh, bed at that event. If you think, go back and look at it. <laughs> Halloween Havoc 97. That was, uh, no, that was Age in a Cage. So. I think 96 is when he wins that stupid thing on his head. He oh. faced Macho Man, I want to say. Yeah, okay. That was 96. That is correct. <laughs> um. Okay, so I don't, I don't understand because I thought the wig was for this movie. That's what I thought. Huh? But it just he had, opened I think here. He has hair like that in this movie. Unless they filmed it like 
two years before it came out. Yeah, they probably did. Yeah. See, now I'm curious. Hulk Hogan, uh, Three Ninjas. Let's see what he looked like in that movie. Yeah, he does have hair. Uh, It's not spiked like in uh, like uh, he had WCW. uh, Weird old old white dude comb over, right? Yeah, he kind of looks like the blonde (laughs) Tom Selleck in this movie. (laughs) It's effing weird, man. He's on the cover, (laughs) like he's like on the top below or like above the Three Ninjas. It's funny. I at the time I found it funny he was playing like the hero when he was like a huge villain on TV. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that wraps up WCW's portion, which means of the, I we had we had to get this in too this week. It is this week in ECW. We talked a little bit about ECW earlier, but that was kind of peripheral. WCW guys were there. <laughs> this one. The Bushwhackers wa- uh, worked a w- an ECW show this week. I can't word. Uh, using the name Bushwhack and Dudleys. Oh, my <laughs> they were, God. They were only brought in for as a one-time deal, though. Oh, no. We got to get more Bushwhackers on ECW. Ugh. God. Uh, was it? Luke or Butch, the one that just passed? I think it was Luke. Okay, yeah. I know what everyone's uh, thinking. That's not the one that doesn't wash his hands after using the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Bushwhacker, let's see. Yeah, uh, it's Butch. It was Butch. Okay. Uh, he passed away at the age of 78. Uh, just a oh, day really ago. bad, because like, I never really liked them. Yeah. I, we're not you know, talking crap about them as human beings. It's just like, I couldn't have given a crap less about them. Like, I didn't like them as a kid. I don't like them as an adult. <sighs> I don't know who the hell they appealed to, but apparently they appealed to somebody because they were always... Always employed. had a job. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, they were yeah. charming somebody's. I guess so. But, anyway... Uh, the Sandman and Sabu were suspended by ECW for a few days, causing them to miss the weekend shows. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I had ready? tickets to that show. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait. So Sandman and Sabu aren't going to be there? I want my money back. Hey, you know what? That you just all event. people who legit said that. <laughs> you know, they always say if you can't deliver on what's promised, then, you know, deliver on, you know, it, it's got to be equal to or greater than. I don't think you can get better than that. Oh, is this who they replaced? Uh, the Bushwhackers came in to replace or what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, are you ready? No, for... I'm being serious, wasn't it? I mean, no, that... this was that was a separate issue. Oh. <laughs> uh, but are you ready for a reason as to why they're suspended? Oh, let me guess: drugs and/or alcohol. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, you sorry, alcohol right, and/or that... drugs. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not the specific reason, but it might be a reason. Uh, speaking of things we've talked about multiple times on this show, it's apparently due to a recent incident where several hotel rooms registered to them were oh trashed. Oh my god, again! <laughs> <laughs> they trashed multiple hotel rooms, causing all ECW wrestlers to be banned from the hotel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> back in my day, it was rock stars doing this, not trashy wrestlers. <laughs> right. Uh, others were involved too, but Sandman and Sabu ended up taking the heat. And had to pay for the damages. Oh, with their bounced checks. <laughs> they were 
they were only suspended for a few shows and have since already been brought back. Good God. You know, back, like you said, back in my day, you had to earn the right to trash hotels. You had to be a member of Van Halen or, or Johnny Depp, you know, but, but no, the Sandman and Sabu. <laughs> Oh, God, uh, they were suspended what for two days, huh? Ever. I guess so. Oh, yeah, that, old, uh, that, that old one. Uh, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, someone is it making noise? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> uh, man, this is like the third or fourth podcast we've talked about. Uh, ECW got banned from a hotel slash motel for trashing it. Like, good God, man. Counterculture, sir. I swear to God, these are not repeat stories. These are all from different time periods. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. I've never heard these stories in my life before this podcast, by the way. Yeah, they get. But it's only totally it very hush hush. I have no problem believing this. Oh, hell no. Uh, final ECW story, though. Devon Dudley was injured over the weekend from, quote, taking a nut shot a little too hard from New Jack, end quote. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He got suspended for getting hit in the nuts? No, he got injured, so he's, like, taking time off. Uh, I completely heard that wrong. Yeah, yeah uh, he he was, uh, Devon was injured over that same weekend, I guess, but, yeah, he took a shot to the nads. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and did call him the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if he did, it would be okay, right? I don't know how I that mean, works, and I ain't touching that, so... I mean, I'm assuming he could get away with hard R. So, <laughs> but for those who don't know, every uh, New Jack says everybody calls me a word. Yeah, right. God, I watch the Dark Side of the Ring. You'll hear it. <laughs> yep, everybody called him the N word and deserved to be stabbed. Also, he did a ton of cocaine, and I'm not going to hit and the he allegedly. Is, and he is proud of that. Right, and I'm not going to hit the allegedly uh, sound because he says it. So I'm, we're not telling tales out of school here. Again, proudly. <laughs> Yep. Getting into the WWF side of things here. WWF finally ended WCW's 83-week ratings winning streak with arguably the hottest two-hour show in company history. WCW had been uh, producing stale TV for the last month, while WWF has been riding an incredible wave of momentum, and they've been closing the gap with WCW for weeks. This week, Raw set multiple ratings records, highlighted by Steve Austin challenging Vince McMahon to a match, with Austin having one hand tied behind his back. Pretty sure. Now the archives, the archives. I Yeah. Uh, we, we reviewed that one. Let's see. 83 weeks. Yep. That was the April bonus show from, like, two years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, two years ago. Wow. Man, time flies when you're doing a podcast, man. Crazy stuff. Either way, WrestleMania looks to have done around a 2.3 buy rate and is around 720,000 buys, which would be the largest WWF pay-per-view gross in history. Well, actually, all off the back of the guy that wears black boots and black tights and can't draw a dime. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, well, you're just setting me up at this point. They never drew a dime. <laughs> Had it keyed up, hey, he's, man. He's kind of right on that. Study Steve Nurmagomedov. Uh, yeah, right. I, I, 
I like the stunning Steve gimmick, but uh, obviously I like Austin, you know Stone Cold more. But all all I can say is those guys never drew a dime. <laughs> Got them both in. <laughs> anyway. That reminds me, you know, it's funny. Like two of my favorite things. Everybody claims they uh, brought there. It was their idea to bring Hogan WCW. Everybody yeah. claims they saw Steve Austin as a star before he was a star. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, I wanted to bring Hulk Hogan into WCW, even when it wasn't possible. Uh, You know, I I came up with the idea for the NWO, and I saw stunning Steve Austin as the guy in the wrestling business. (laughs) Shut the F up. (laughs) Just shut up, man. Like, good God. And if you did see it, why wasn't anything done about it? Like, ah, God. I had that idea. Well, and, you know, Greg Gagne also was the one that invented Hulk Hogan ripping his T-shirt. You remember that one? Yeah. Because when I think of muscle dudes ripping shirts, I think of Greg Kanye. (laughs) He's like, well, me and my tag partner, I can't remember who it was, Jim Brunzel or whoever the hell. Like, well, we stood on either side of him and and, uh, ripped his T-shirt. And we're like, oh, you should do this every night. And it's like, shut up. Good God. Like, yeah, that was such a genius idea. (sighs) I I, I don't know. Nobody in history had ever ripped ripped a shirt at that point. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Right. Greg Gagne and Mike Graham invented everything. They knew everything. And they were both like the E-list players. <laughs> Always <laughs> in the background. Like, all one, right, whatever. One via nepotism. Yeah, right. Uh, both of them via nepotism. Because <laughs> Mike Graham's That's dad. Right, yeah. Was, about Mike, Mike Graham. Yeah, his dad was a big uh, promoter and his grandpa was a big promoter. And so, yeah. Those are no great guy. He's the original Eric Watts. <laughs> he's the, well, you're here, so we'll give you a job. <laughs> but they did an injury angle on raw with chains from the DOA, which uh, we mentioned him last week too. Uh, the reason is because just before WrestleMania, he showed up to work in no condition to perform and was sent home. He was almost fired, but was spared since he's friends with the undertaker and was allowed to work his scheduled WrestleMania match. Oh, hot. But, yeah, that's going to age bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but now the injury angle was done to send him home for a couple of weeks, I guess, as a suspension. <sighs> Man. Brian Lee could have, like, I'm not saying he was a star or anything, clearly. Well, you're but, about to. Well, no. Like, he shot himself in the foot as a, like, consistent mid-card guy with a consistent job and paycheck, he completely shot himself in the foot multiple times. Like, dude, all you had to do was like, not be a piece of crap, but apparently that's a difficult job. But Earl Hebner is still you know, in the, the last ice. thing. No, you're all shut your mouth. is not really a gimmick. It's a way of life. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, yeah. At some point you just, um, just don't, don't in, in Brian's, uh, Brian Lee's case, maybe, don't uh, don't do drugs and uh, hit on uh, other guys' wives. Allegedly. So, Especially yeah. the guy. Yeah, right. The guy who keeps sinking your ass. The heart soul of the company. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not even just that. It's like they were like BFFs. Like Undertaker got him multiple jobs, saved his job multiple times. Uh, but yeah, no, no I'll, uh, I'll fool around with his wife. Like, yeah, you're, you're a good guy. <laughs> It was worth it. Yeah, right. Uh, Earl Hebner is still in the ICU after his recent brain aneurysm, but is apparently improving. 
damn, I didn't know he had a brain aneurysm. I didn't either. The fact that, the fact that he survived and is still alive, that's pretty damn good. And unfortunately, his brother passed first. And he had a brain aneurysm. Jeez. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Well, they probably took his brain out and operated on it and put it back. And- <laughs> good God. I was going to say, it's like, well... Uh, they they didn't know if he had a brain aneurysm or if he had just like a a, a light breeze had hit him and he was doing his referee flop. <laughs> because as we all know, every referee in pro wrestling is made of glass. <laughs> and but, if you're a special guest referee, then you become made of glass. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, WWF has talked about bringing in porn star bro Jenna Jameson as Val Venus's manager when he debuts. She has made a few appearances for ECW. She eventually appears in one of his taped vignettes, but never live. Oh, I remember the Pritchard story on his podcast about that. They filmed that thing at his backyard or something like that. His wife was pissed that they had her over. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, dude, can you imagine, like, if they had gotten her to, to come there, like, live, whatever, and Vince Russo's like, hey, I whack off to you. Bro, you know who that is, bro? <laughs> That's my screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, Shawn Michaels took part in a parade in San Antonio this week. As for his WWF career, it's basically on hold right now due to his injury. There's also a lot of behind-the-scenes problems with Sean that need to be addressed before he returns. Now that they've managed to convince him to do the job and got the belt off him, they don't seem to be in a hurry to bring him back. Yeah. Four years. (laughs) Right. Four and a half years. Uh, I mean, the guy who was a constant pain in everybody's ass for years, he's finally gone. Gone forever, bro. Uh, And they've got a new guy on top. They're doing better numbers than they have in years. They're beating WCW. I wonder why they're not in a hurry to bring him back. <sighs> it's like, uh, it's like pulling that thorn out of your ass and then wishing you still had it there. Yeah, right. Well, it's like when, uh, Drew Bledsoe went down for the Patriots and they brought in Tom Brady and then Drew Bledsoe got better and they're like, ah, you, you know what? Uh, you can sit on the bench still. It's okay. Oh, hold on. Now he did come back in when Brady got hurt in that game. Oh, I, Steel- I think it was the Steelers, right? Was it just w- the one game? Yeah, and then Brady started the Super Bowl, I believe. I, I don't know if it was the championship, but it was in the playoffs. That's hilarious. Uh, well, hey, well, in you that know, case, though, they were forced to bring him back because they had to. So, Damn it, do we have to put Drew in? <sighs> you know what? Suit up, kid. <laughs> Football suit up. Yeah, right. <laughs> suit in the upright position. Anyway. Uh, Speaking of other problems in uh, the backstage area, uh, not anymore, but at the time, Steve Regal has signed with the WWF, although he can't be used until his no-compete clause with WCW expires. Wow, he's doing the exact same thing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is another three months. WWF is planning to challenge that, but they're not rushing to get him in the ring because they want him to lose weight and get back in shape first. Regal is good friends with Steve Austin and is expected to be put into a storyline with him. Uh, so they want to get, they want him to get in top notch main event condition. So. Well, well, 
Uh, this doesn't work out so well for Regal. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, they put him in a damn hard hat and bring him in as the real man's man. And uh, that goes over like a fart then, in church. And then fire his ass right after. Yeah, right. Look, uh, one, you're not getting over. Two, this gimmick sucks. Three, you're a pain in the ass. So you're fired. And then they're going to bring him back soon after that. Yeah, right. So he's not going forever, bro. He's just gone for a little bit. It's another charming bring... some bitch, huh? Yeah, right. Uh, well, they, they, the thing is, they finally bring him back doing what he was doing in WCW, but with a different name. <laughs> That's the funny part. And now his son's tearing crap up in NXT. And, so. and with his uh, God-given power of the punch. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what's his son's name? Something Dempsey? Charlie. Charlie Dempsey. Okay. I wonder how the hell they came up with that name. I don't know. What, he, like on 2K, hit the, the button, the random name generator for your call. Yeah, yeah the, the randomizer. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if, he's, if he's as good as his dad, and if he can... He's damn good. Promo, yeah. He doesn't uh, really talk much, so... Yeah. I mean, he's, he's fresh, brand new, isn't he? So, Pretty much. He's only had like five or six matches, if that. Yeah. I mean, and I guarantee his dad's working with him. So, uh, he's I know with Drew Gulak, so I assume he's helping him too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Drew, I mean, they would say what they want about Drew Gulak and really did anything, which, I mean, sure, but he's damn good. And he's, I think he's fairly entertaining. Like that stuff he did with a whiteboard back in the day, I thought that was great. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was dumb. It's no great. PowerPoint presentation, but it's good. Yeah. Or, okay, that's, that's what it was, the PowerPoint. That was it. <laughs> Ah, but anyway, a longtime jobber, Scott Taylor, is finally being given a gimmick. Well, how about that? Uh, they will give will him the name. go anywhere and do anything. <laughs> they will give him the nickname Too Hot, and he will team with Brian Christopher, who will have the nickname Too Sexy. You mean he will retain the name? Was he already Too Sexy, Brian Christopher? Um, yeah, pretty sure he was, yeah. Who, by the way, I have a Jax figure of. <laughs> never made him a telephone. If they did, I never got it. Yeah, I don't think they did. I know they made they, Scotty, though. They, they need to... They, I don't know who would be able to give the um, go-ahead with this, but it's like, they should Probably give... Pops. Uh, you, you would think, because I don't think he was married or anything, but, yeah, give his uh, give the go-ahead for his likeness and whatever. I, I guarantee Rikishi and uh, Scotty Tuhati would be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Mattel should crank out a three-pack of... Uh, of too cool. That would be fantastic. I'd buy that. I don't know how they up. have it, but I know, right? One of the hottest acts of the Attitude Era, but nah. Uh, it was an accidental up, hot act too. It was not supposed to be that big. I don't think. I know. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was like, supposed to be a joke. Like, look at like, it. Yeah, I was gonna say, look at it. It's just, it's, just, it's comedy. It's stupid. It's supposed to be stupid. And, oh, yeah, it took first, off, man. The first time I saw it, I thought it was like a joke because I'm like, why is two white hot? guys rapping in a Huge fat guy showing off his ass in a thong. Really, that's a yeah. that's a that's gonna be a good act. Really, <laughs> yeah. Well, when they first came out, I don't think they were off TV for that long. And I was like, why is too much out here dressed like gangsters? Uh, <laughs> Freaking uh, Brian Christopher has dreads, like beaded dreads, whatever. <laughs> uh, Scott yeah. Scott Taylor's spiking his damn hair. Look, looks like he should be in Sugar Ray. Like, and then they got the the fat Samoan guy with his dimpled ass hanging out of his his diaper. Like, what the hell? Like, what is? And then they dance. But 
I'll be damned. That thing, it got over like wildfire. It blew up. And everybody wanted to see him dance every night. The Usos got in on the dance with their dad. Uh, like when the match became secondary, too. that's a, to me, that's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> right. And Scotty, Scotty T- uh, Too Hotty had the dumbest move since the, the uh, people's elbow. But hot damn if that didn't get over. People still do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Freaking Otis is keeping that thing alive, man. Uh, but moving over to uh, Japan here. We got a couple of stories out of Japan because it's Dave Meltzer, so of course we do. But they involve a couple of legends. So uh, TV Asahi in Japan did a weird thing when it came to airing Antonio Inoki's retirement show. They aired a two-hour show called Antonio Winoki, This Is Your Life, with actors doing dramatic recreations of, Ant- of Antonio Winoki's life story in between airing clips of Inoki's famous moments and then highlights of him arriving to the arena for his final match and all that stuff. Good God. Uh, the presence of Muhammad Ali was heavily hyped, but then they showed him, and it was really sad to see since Parkinson's had done a number on the former boxer with someone literally having to hold his hand and walk him out. he was It was made even worse when he stood next to Anoki, who basically doesn't age, and made Ali look even more frail and feeble. Yeah, that kind of sucks what condition he was in at that time. <clears throat> yeah. uh, I, I remember Eric Bischoff talking about he was on a... Uh, when, when he got to hang out with Muhammad Ali, and Ali said something to him about, like... Uh, I, I can't remember. He, he said something to him about his condition, or whatever. He's like, uh, uh, am, am I, you know, am I still whatever? And, you know, and, and uh, like Bischoff said, he like teared up about it. Like it made him emotional because he's like, man, it sucks to see your hero in this condition, you know. Either way, uh, the show was capped off with the Anoki Don Fry match, which I'm sure was a barn burner. Uh, hey, which, Don Fry's got a better mustache than, uh, than uh, Dan Severn. Tell you that. Yeah, uh, but Dave said it was fine for what it was, which was a four-minute work shoot, basically. Surprisingly, the show didn't do nearly as well in the ratings as everyone thought, which was a shock, considering how much of a cultural icon Anoki is in Japan. Well, we were capping it off with Anoki versus Don Fry. I, I, I'm sorry, but uh, how many people wanted to see that? I mean, maybe... Uh, everybody that wanted to watch this, so whatever it was... Yeah, right. This just sounds uh, really weird, but it happened. Uh, last story out of Japan here. Isuharu Misawa turns 36 soon and has been wrestling at a high level basically his entire life, dating back to amateur wrestling as a kid. And in All Japan Pro Wrestling, missing matches for anything less than hospitalization is strongly frowned upon. Yeah, wow, that's a, so you literally got to be dying to miss your match. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a great policy to have. Uh, as a result, Mizawa's body is breaking down on him. He's currently working with serious neck and back issues, plus a broken finger, and last week he suffered a broken kneecap and still didn't miss a show. Well, Finally, he should have paid those good fellows their money. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, this this is uh, in big contrast. You see, uh, you hear the stories of Alberto Del Rio talk about when uh, uh, Sin Cara like messed his finger up in the middle of the match and wanted to call it off, and he's like, "Are you serious?" And kicked him in the head. <laughs> but finally, doctors have told him that he needs surgery, 
which would cause him to miss six weeks and miss the rest of the Carnival Champion Tournament, which he's heavily featured in to the finals of. The tournament was already thrown into disarray when Akira Tao had to pull out due to a serious knee injury, so it's unknown for now if Mizawa is going to have the surgery that he needs or if he will keep working, but he's basically falling apart. Ouch. Yeah. This is it's not really going to end okay sad. either. No. Uh, it's another one, man. It's like, dude, if you're like, I get the tough guy thing and all, oh, I got to keep going, whatever. But it's like, dude, just uh, there's no shame in if you're actually effing hurt, especially like this. He's beat to crap, man. Go get yourself checked out because he died in 2009 from a move that should not have killed him. Like the people that don't know, he landed like he took like a back body drop, landed somewhat on his neck and head, whatever. And he'd taken that move. I don't know how many times, but this time he took it wrong and it killed him. I don't know. It, it's the mounting freaking injuries, man. Like, um, I'm trying to think of it. Uh, the, the one that Rey Mysterio kicked in the back and, it killed him. Paraguayo Jr., that was it. Paraguayo had, like, never taken care of himself. He was fairly young to, especially, you know, to die. But he had mounting injuries he never got taken care of in his back and his neck. Mysterio hit him and dealt with well, you know, his so lights out. No, the drop kick to the back that he does to everybody. And that was it. Lights out sucks it just take care of yourself people even if you're not doing something like this just you know uh, i don't know anyway that's it I, i'm come, climbing down off my soapbox uh getting into uh non big three here and uh coming back to america sid vicious won't be working for power pro wrestling after falling out with jerry lawler and promoter randy hales you gotta you gotta listen to this dude uh tell Sid's me another one uh, Sid has a friend who is a six foot ten black guy, and he wanted to bring him in to work an angle with him. The gimmick would be that Sid would bring the guy out in chains. Oh my god! What the fuck? Lawler and Hales pointed out that that might not be the best idea. <laughs> Crap! Oh my god! I why? No, dude. And like Sid tried to explain it away. Oh, well, it was actually going to be like, I, no, just no. That's a non-starter. Black guy in chains. No, we're done. <sighs> but Sid also wanted to help book the promotion, and they turned him down for that, too. So he walked. I wonder why. Good Lord, man. Man, I. Well, you know, Sid, they need a booker who's not going to take four to five months off for softball season every year. <laughs> so that's not going to work out good, but you might recognize this name. Welsh wrestler, guy, by the way. Uh, it doesn't say uh, he had said there's a shoot interview he did talking about it. I can't remember who he said if, if it was anybody of note, but but you might recognize this name. Uh, Welsh wrestler Adrian Street may have had his career come to an end this week at an indie show in Alabama. The hell of a place to have a career. <laughs> he was taking a flying crossbody, but Street didn't have his footing, and when the guy landed on him, it tore his knee to shreds. Uh, Street had to have major surgery the next day, and the recovery is said to be anywhere from 12 to 18 months. Considering Street is almost 60 years old, this is probably the end of the road for him. Whoa! 
<laughs> not quite. He came back and wrestled periodically until 2010, although not much. Who the hell was clamoring for Adrian Street in the truth 2000s? His, uh, his two fans. Yeah. His mom and his dad. Yeah, right. Anybody that doesn't know, Adrian Street was like one of the original like androgynous characters, whatever, from back in the day. Uh, I think Chris Jericho got some of his hairdos inspired by him. Uh, he didn't get him a job with AEW. Yeah, right. Uh, let's get this old 80-year-old geezer in there. We got we'll Luther on, on, on board. Who the hell God. that is? Uncle Fester. I, what do you mean, whoever the hell that is? That That's Luther. That's... You know, that guy. Yeah. I can't believe you. Uh, anyway, a promotion called Can-Am Wrestling Federation is running shows in Calgary and Edmonton. Oh, lazy name. <laughs> using several wrestler, uh, former Stampede wrestlers on as uh, top stars. They also have a member of the Hart family on the roster, Teddy Hart, who is Brett's nephew. And who well, is, currently, time, huh? yeah, is currently not in jail. Uh, and... You know, I talk about the fact that I have a lot of cats. Um, nothing compared to Teddy Hart. <laughs> Apparently, he's just a effing weirdo with cats, dude. He, like, travels with them all over the place. Uh, he, I think he breeds them and whatever. It's like, god dang, dude. Why? <sighs> I don't freaking know. And for anybody out there, like, the last thing we need on this earth is for somebody to breed more cats. Like... <laughs> There's a bazillion of them out there. You don't need more. Diamond doesn't here. Right. Yeah, they're, they're freaking everywhere. That's why anybody who's breeding cats, like, just effing quit, dude. Like, we have way more than anybody knows what to do with. But wrapping up right before we get to the final segment of the news here, this one. Can we breed cancer cures? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this one is might hit our WTF moment of the week here. So, there was a porn movie released called Nude World Order. Right. <laughs> well, there, uh, funny enough, there was even a small reference to the Wrestling Observer in the film, although they gave it a different name. Anyway, looks like Good it Lord. was... It looks like it was successful because they're planning to do a Nude World Order 2. What the fuck? Uh, oh, New God. World War II, the wolf pack. <laughs> or I guess it would be the cat pack, right? Yeah, well, something. <laughs> I can't come up with a clever name. Yeah, well, Nude World Order 2, the Latino World Order. <laughs> it's just oh, like wow. all... it. Yeah, it's just all Hispanics in this one. So we know where your mind's at, okay. I like how, by the way, Dave was like, well, the only reason I know about this is because somebody watched it and told me about it. It's like, ah, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that somebody named Dave? <laughs> That's the old I'm store. It's not mine. I'm storing it for a friend excuse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. That's the old look. Uh, I'm asking for a friend, but how do you cure herpes? Like, I'm just asking for somebody. All right. Well, I get the last thing I say cure cancer. You cure herpes. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. Hey, man. Herpes is forever, all right? <laughs> Not that I would know or anything. You know, I, I'm, you know, people tell me things. I remember what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Except, Except for herpes. herpes. <laughs> Come back with you. <laughs> that, is, uh, <laughs> that is accurate. 
or the way or, you said that, I don't want to know why you're like, yeah, I know that is correct. <laughs> uh, but we are on to our final segment of the news. And yes, this is a separate segment of the news because uh, we started this last week. It is that is one big pile of shit. What the f*** is this piece of shit? That is one big pile of shit. All right. This week, we got t- dose stories yet again, and one of them involves a fan favorite of ours. Uh, but I'll save him for last. First story here is... <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah. have you ever seen that stuff? It, it started on Reddit, but it's like spreading all over the place. It's people Never been on Reddit in my life, so. Yeah, well, well, it's this trend called Am I the Asshole? Have you seen those? I have not. Okay, people will post these stories and be like, well, I was in this situation and this happened. Am I the asshole or is the other person? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say everybody in this story is the pile of <laughs> So, you know, I'm just saying that now. So it's a, it's a rare story involving Vince Russo and Dave Meltzer? <laughs> Not quite. But uh, Memphis Wrestling returns to its traditional live Saturday morning TV spot this week with the first episode of the new Power Pro Wrestling promotion. Live wrestling has been a tradition on Saturday mornings in Memphis dating back to the 1960s until the demise of the USWA last year. The idea is to only run shows within a 100-mile radius of Memphis. Sounds smart so far. XL Sports is suing Larry Burton, his wife and son, Jerry Lawler, Stacy Carter, who is Lawler's girlfriend, an attorney that the USWA used, Barry Bloom, sports agent, uh, other assistants and TV people, and even Jerry Lawler's mom, who had a minority interest in USWA. Man, coming for all of them. Uh, but XL oh, Sports. All turn. <laughs> XL Sports paid $1.1 million for 55% of the USWA immediately after Lawler had just bought Jerry Jarrett's half for less than $200,000. XL Sports claims that Burton and Lawler fudged the numbers to make the company look more valuable on paper than it actually was. Burton himself is an interesting story because it turns out that he had at least 22 known arrests under various names all over America, many of them for violent crimes but also some financial and fraud charges, including trying, uh, including trying to use someone else's social security number to receive death benefits. He Holy crap! Old... Yeah. Uh, How is this a big pile of crap? Do we not? Do we know this is not true? <laughs> uh, well, well, it says arrests. It doesn't necessarily say convictions, but I, you know. It's kind of like that in Stripes where it's like, uh, do you have any convictions? Or, or have you ever been convicted of a crime? Or like, convicted? No, never convicted. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, he met Lawler in 1993 and even was occasionally uh, called in to do WWF, or called in to the WWF to do favors. Anyway, Larry Burton was an absolute snake. Allegedly! And Lawler was probably complicit. Allegedly! But I guess that it couldn't uh, quite be proven in court because they didn't have to pay up or anything for this guy. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, so allegedly they lied about the numbers after just paying like, let's say for 50 percent of the company, Lawler paid 200 grand. 
for 55% of the company, they charged XL Sports $1.1 million. So there's that. Inflation, bro. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Well, over the last couple of months, uh, it's been inflated like uh, four times. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that happened. And, you know, they say they allegedly cooked the books and whatever to, to make it look like it was worth that. And it definitely was not. And yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a mess. So, oh yeah. But we got one more story for you in this segment. It is, yeah, it's it's involving our our old friend Philly M. So old Phil Mushnick was recently quoted about the recent New York Times story about pro wrestling. He said, oh, God. Quote, he said, quote. Credit is due to the New York Times for its page one story last week that revealed pro wrestling is to be so per, uh, pervaded with degenerate acts that it's no longer suitable for viewing my children. Pretty sharp observation, given that this story is about 15 years old. If the New York Times stays on top of things, it will be able to report that pro wrestling is infested with steroid abuse and other illegal drug use, a story that's about a dozen years old. And that pro wrestlers have a nasty habit of dropping dead or committing suicide at around the age of 30, a story that's only about 10 years old, end quote. A nasty habit of dropping dead. That just doesn't seem worded right to me. Nasty habit of smoking cigarettes, nasty habit of drinking, nasty habit of drugs, not nasty uh, habit of dropping dead. Well, obviously he's being an asshole about it, but you don't say (laughs) So, so he's saying that wrestling hasn't been suitable for children to watch for the past 15 years. Doing the math here, and I'm no expert, but that's going back to 1983. So what happened in 1984 that it was like, this isn't suitable for children to watch? Sure, I remember PG 1984 than it is now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that there was no cussing, no sex. There's a bunch of cartoon characters. Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair were on top. I, I like. Oh, Beth Flair was on top. <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> that's uh, uh, yeah, that's that was an easy one. Like what the? Yeah, so was she. That's why Flair was on top. So were they? Right. <laughs> what, what's this? You think you know, like he's sleeping with one woman at a time? Is he an amateur? <laughs> anyway, yeah, like good god. So in 1983, it stopped being suitable for kids to watch. Got it. That because that makes sense. Uh, it's a, let's see, 12 years old saying that steroid use is prevalent. Uh, yeah, whatever. Steroid use has probably been prevalent in WWE or in uh, all of wrestling for like ever. So whatever. Uh, and 10 years old saying so in 88, they started dying at around 30 from either suicide or other unnatural causes. I don't know, whatever. This guy's just uh, an a-hole. But that, uh, that's what you can expect on this segment. That is one big pile of shit. But now I think it's time to end the news and get into the event at hand. You ready, Greg? I think so. All right, well, let's get into this. We'll make it fun, even if WCW didn't. We'll get into it right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, 
leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back it's wcw nwo spring stampede 1998 the date april 19th 1998 the tagline the biggest the baddest no bull right well okay (laughs) Uh, the venue is the denver coliseum in denver colorado i bet you love that Uh, yeah screw denver sorry kyle (laughs) uh, Kyle, by the way uh, yeah right it says we know like a million i second that by the way the attendance the attendance was i I hate them a little bit more though but we can debate that later they beat us into in back-to-back uh, championship games, but yeah, I can see why you would also hate them, uh, especially because they're in your division and all. We've the lost in like five years, something like that. Nice. I'm happy with that. Yeah. The attendance was 7,428. <laughs> the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.74. Ah, God. All right. Anyway, the actual show at hand. When we start the show, Pirate blows off from a barn on the stage. Those are real yeah. words, and I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> the set was like, wow, dude. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Squeal! Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, no, according to according to Eric Bischoff, they were trying to get it out of the South when he took over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, let's put a giant barn on the stage. Everybody has to walk through. And our logo is a, a freaking steer. All right. Whatever. Commentary, which consists of Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and Bobby Heenan, tell us that the Macho Man's cast came off tonight, and he's good to wrestle without it. Uh, now, we go to our first match, which uh, is not one that I would have expected to see, but it is Saturn with Kidman in his corner taking on Goldberg in about eight minutes. Which, that's like going a 60-minute Iron Man match with Goldberg. <laughs> Uh, another weird thing about this is Saturn has hair, and it looks freaking I weird. I forgot about this. I, yeah, I thought it was in my nose, too. 
Yeah, I was like, uh, what? Why? <laughs> also, I don't know if it's just me, but like his hair was like jet black. Yeah. It was like hot dog colored skin. It just looked weird. Hot dog colored skin. My God. I'm not sure if racist. <laughs> no, I, that's I, what you say when it's like over tanned. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know what nationality he is because he always looked I like. I don't either. He, he, he looks racially ambiguous. You know, like, I don't know if he's Italian or Hispanic or, you know, whatever. Mediterranean of some sort. But hot Saturday, dog colored skin started with Hulk Hogan, I believe, by the way. Nice. Who is I believe that's where I heard from. Yeah. yeah. But Saturn actually gets a few offensive moves in here, which shocked the hell out of me. Saturn managed to block a jackhammer attempt, which the announcers let us know is a first. In the end, the flock runs out and Kidman takes a spear. He ate that crap, man. Saturn attempts to lock in. The hell yeah, not, he's not. He's not Christian or anything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Christian has the uh, worst or the best one ever. However, I look at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saturn attempts to lock in the rings of Saturn, but Goldberg hoists him up on his shoulders like an effing man, turns it into a damn jackhammer, and wins. Uncle Dave gives it a star and a half. I gave it dose. Uh, for a Goldberg match, it was not bad. What say you? I gave it two. I was kind of into it. Yeah, I was like, wow, they're letting Saturn do things. Who would have thunk? Kind of threw him around too, man. You forget how strong Saturn was. Right, yeah. That that ending though, I was like, man, he transitioned the freaking rings of Saturn into a jackhammer. I like I never would have called that. But it was uh beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, like I said, he's an effing man. But up next, we have Chavo Guerrero Jr. with Eddie Guerrero in his corner, taking on Ultimo Dragon. And if Apparently, if Chavo wins, he's free of Eddie's control. Uh, this yeah. goes just shy. That goes just shy of twelve minutes. Eddie's this thing free. with him trying to get out of Eddie's control lasts a couple of months, by the way. Yeah. Until it doesn't he just like break down and go crazy? Yeah, start shaving his own head. The hair versus hair match, something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, good stuff. Starts riding around a hobby horse. Good stuff. <laughs> but, oh, Pepe. Uh. <laughs> uh Eddie screams at Chavo throughout the match, and uh, Eddie covers his face with a towel in embarrassment a few times. Finally, Ultimo locks in the Dragon Sleeper for the submission victory. Uncle Dave claims this is one of the best WCW paper mat- pay-per-view matches of the year so far. What, out of three shows? This would be the fourth, uh, I believe. Okay. Uh, Uncle Dave gives it four stars. Jeez. I mean, it was good, but I gave it two and a half. Let's say you. I gave it two. I mean, yeah, two. I mean, it was, it was good. I thought it was average, at least, you know, but damn. He acted like, oh, this is so awesome. Like I thought Dragon kicked him a few times. It looked like it stung. Man. Some of those were like stinging kicks. <laughs> I don't think those he were, pulled his Those his weren't kicks. working kicks. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's like Dude, that's like uh, in modern times and you see freaking Shibata kick somebody. It's like, dude, you don't have to put your whole weight behind it, man. I know you're wearing kick pads, but uh, you're not they actually trying to mother. knock him out. <laughs> right. Uh, when Tony Schiavone sends us to the WCW.com area, he takes a dig at Mike Tanay saying that Mike spends about 14 hours a day on the Internet. Oh, so he was the I original. I well, people actually, who do far more than that. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what I do Pretty for sad, a living is. Yeah, I mean, what I do for a living is online, so that takes up at least eight hours a day. And then, uh, you know, I do personal stuff on there, too. But I, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, in a, in incognito mode and all, but you know, either way, uh, DDP is yeah, being interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> DDP is being interviewed by Lee Marshall, and that's he's great. great. And uh, and he's also being interviewed. Percent, folks. Uh, he's being interviewed by some other dude too. I don't know who the hell it is. Looks like uh, looks like he could be Jonathan Coachman's brother. But up next, we now have speaking of brothers, Booker T versus Chris Benoit. Wow. This goes. Oh. I got it in this week because you usually do. <laughs> but this goes 14 minutes 11 seconds. Bobby Heenan says that the great Bobo Brazil once said that Booker T would be bigger than him and get more wins than he ever did. Uh, not saying that uh, Bobo's oh, clairvoyant sure. or anything, but, you know. <laughs> so this one but, black guy said that this other black guy should be good. Yeah. Well, for that's how that I don't... looked at him. Like, why would you? I just see yeah. like a low-hanging fruit. I get why they, they're saying it, because they're like, well, he's going to be our next big, like, black star or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I, I get next. that. I mean, after Ron Simmons, he was the first. So Ron Simmons is long gone. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and. For people that don't know who Bobo Brazil was, he was like, like one of the bigger names in the territory days. Also, no disrespect, I like Ron, but he was never a star. He was a champion, but was he ever a star? Ron Simmons? Uh, yeah. No. Ed, but Booker was a star, though. See, there's a difference there. Right. And no diss to Ron Simmons or anything, but seriously, I mean, look at it. We, we talked about it when he was champ. Ratings went down. And like, he didn't even close a couple of pay per views, I don't think. No. He was just in there. I felt like they tried with him. It just didn't go over well. People were just, eh, whatever. And, I mean, you can make assumptions about it all you want, but it just, like, it wasn't... Well, like, they fast forward, Booker closed every show. He was the man, dude. Yep. But at one point, the referee checks on a bent-over Chris Benoit, and Booker T misses and hits the scissor kick on the ref. I couldn't tell. Did Benoit actually pull the ref in? I think he did, yeah. I, I wasn't watching that part. I mean, I wasn't watching for that. I might yeah. have missed it. Well, commentary, like, argued about it. They're like, I think he pulled him in. Well, I don't know. I couldn't tell for sure. But uh, Benoit locks in the crossface for a tap out, but the ref is down, so he doesn't see it. Benoit stands the referee up. <laughs> Benoit stands the referee up, and Booker hits Benoit with a flying crescent kick over the ref's head for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave it three what? and a half stars. <laughs> three and a half stars. I give it three. What say you? I gave it four. I love this match. It was pretty good. Uh, These two were always great together. Didn't they have two best of seven series throughout WCW? Yeah, in two companies. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, no, that's right. Yeah, they did it again in WWE. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking both of them were in WCW. Uh, I think this. They said this was match three of their series, right? It here. was no elite versus death triangle. But oh you know, well, was... well, not, there weren't enough flips, Greg. So this is wrestling crap you're doing. There, there weren't enough flips or super kicks. Which <laughs> uh, that was another thing I told. Uh, I was telling my other friend Kyle uh, over WrestleMania weekend. I was like, uh, you know, I'm like. The one match I would I would just love to see it just just because, but it, it'll never happen. Is uh, the Usos versus the Young Bucks? And he went, "Oh God, I actually no. believe that will happen." Very well, could, uh, but I just with with the way that the Young Bucks are beat up all the damn time and their egos, uh, I don't know. I feel like WWE just wouldn't put up with it, but I could be wrong. 
Uh, but I, when I said that, <laughs> it was in the middle of them doing their super kick spots at WrestleMania. And uh, Kyle was like, oh, God, no, it would just be a super kick fest all the way around. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. But either way, what was not awesome up next is the British Bulldog with Jim Neidhart taking on yeah. Kurt Hennig with Rick Rude. So the stipulation is that Neidhart and, and Rude. I know what you're thinking. How can this match suck? Well, uh, <laughs> but Neidhart and Rude are handcuffed together outside of the ring so that Neidhart can prevent Rude from interfering. This goes just shy of five minutes. Oh, darn. So a police uh, police officer is at ringside to handcuff Neidhart and Rude together. Randomly, a second large policeman starts getting choked out by Jim Neidhart. This allows Rick Rude to steal the handcuff key and set himself free. It turns out the cop was Vincent. Oh, no. Swerve, bro. Bro. Uh, but Rude then simply trips the British Bulldog, and this apparently allows Kurt Hennig to throw Bulldog face first over the top rope and into the post before pinning him to win. Lame. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it a star and a half. Let's see you. Mm. Not not good. Not good. Let me Very bad. Good. Yeah, this... uh. Man, I went first of all, when these guys came out, I was like, if this was like a couple years earlier, I'd be like, oh, cool. But this is 1998. So I was like, oh, God, I knew where this was going. But after the match, Rick Rude and Kurt Hennig uh, double team the Bulldog while Jim Neidhart uh, fights with Vincent outside the ring. Neidhart also gets handcuffed to the corner. Rude takes Vincent's nightstick and chokes out the Bulldog and then chokes out Neidhart before leaving. <sighs> up next on Chris Jericho's way to the ring for his match he tells the crowd I want you to want me quoting Ario Speedwagon is never the right way to go with a wrestling match man but he then says that the fallen Dean Malenko can watch him the man of a, th- a thousand and four Stinko Malenko retain his title tonight yeah, his mother wears army boots. That was classic. Yeah, I still don't understand it. <sighs> but anyway, uh, this match is uh, Chris Jericho defending the WCW Cruiserweight title against Prince Iakea. In about 10 minutes. Yay. <sighs> I feel like we're going to disagree on this match, heavily. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll say this. I didn't hate it. All right, I, I'm making those noises, but I just I don't like Prince Iakea. That's why. But I mean, I didn't first, like him, but I never had a problem with him. I thought he was in some good I matches. Mean, this being one of them. I'm not Conrad Thompson about it, but I'm like, eh. Yeah, I think Prince Iakea touched him. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he screwed him. He screwed him out of a, a PlayStation or something. I don't know. He spit on his mother or something. <laughs> uh, I have a Jax figure of this Chris Jericho in these tights, by the way. Uh, see what I made this not with that hair but uh, with those tights it was like a best of WCW Chris Jericho he's a wizard god Uh, I I think I know why he hates Prince Iakea actually I think at some point Iakea said he hates the Crimson Tide that's just my theory but in the end 
Uh, in the end, Ayakea hits a diving sunset flip off the top rope, but Jericho turns it into a lion tamer, getting the submission victory and retaining his title. Uncle Dave gives this three and a quarter stars. I give it two and a half. What say you? I give it three. That was really good. It just felt like meh to me. But after the match, Chris Jericho cries for his victory as he makes the referee strap the cruiserweight title around his waist. He then makes someone bring him Prince Ayakea's skirt wrap thingy, and he puts it on, <laughs> jumping around before he leaves. <laughs> oh, man. I felt really wrong for laughing at this. <laughs> I don't mean to be, like, culturally insensitive. I don't know what the hell it's called, so that's why I called it skirt wrap thing. I think it's... Uh, I touched an S. It's... Skirt? <laughs> Sur- is it Sarap? Sarape? That's what Mexicans wear. It's, uh, like... I could go in my room right now and look at that Imaga figure I have on my wall. It says, with whatever the hell it's called. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I ain't ain't getting up, so screw it. Yeah, right. (laughs) What's the... So that I'm not, uh, again, culturally insensitive here, was was Iakea Samoan, Hawaiian, Tongan? I thought he was Hawaiian, but... Because Iakea, I believe, is Hawaiian. Yeah, I want to say so. Uh, He was... Build from Honolulu, Hawaii. So yeah, but then he's called the king. Uh, then he was built from the kingdom of Tonga. I, what the I hell? Are you? Okay, so he was legitimately born in Hawaii. So I like you and I talked about this. Don't like Tongans and Hawaiians like not exactly get along. <laughs> like I know I had a Tongan or Samoan friend who hates Tongan people. I yeah. So well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's Tongans and Samoans. I, I but... don't know. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really don't freaking know. But and you know, Prince Iakea was was trained by Boris and Dean Malenko. He just never impressed me. Like I mean, I don't know. Again, not that he was bad. I thought he was fine. But maybe I'll I tell just, you this uh, though, man, the early days of him, they pushed him to the damn moon. Yeah. I feel like I, he won the television title in like his second match. Maybe it was even his first one. Something like that. I, I do remember like that. Right, yeah. Like right out of the gate, man. They like, oh, this guy's hot. We're all with him. Yeah. And then they, uh, Russo pushed him again in, uh, when he, when he became the, the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. Yeah. That but, was masterful. <laughs> clever. But we now go back to the WCW.com area where Raven sits with Lee Marshall and some other dude. Uh, Raven tells DDP that revenge is a dish best served cold with pinto beans and muffins. And tonight, he will get revenge on DDP. Then, before the next match, Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell come to the ring, and Buff has his hand wrapped up in a fake cast. Right. What do you mean Uh, fake? (laughs) Buff says that he doesn't have a doctor's release for his injured right hand, so he can't wrestle. They both say that tonight's match is canceled and J.J. Dillon and Mean Gene Okerlund come out to the ring. Dillon says he hates to admit it, but Buff is absolutely right. He then says that they flew a leading orthopedic surgeon out for Macho Man and he's there at ringside and he will check on the hand. When the surgeon is unwrapping uh, Buff's hand, something happens. I I couldn't figure out what happened and he's like, ow! And then he grabs J.J. Dillon by the tie with his supposedly injured hand. The surgeon then expertly says, "Well, oh, that means he's good to go." <laughs> they make the match. I, I mean, they, they, um, 
they overplayed this whole thing. I feel like Bob was always fake her like 27 times, dude. I know. And the thing is, right here, I think Scott is the one that's legitimately hurt, or he's about to be, one of the two. Or he either he just was, or he is. I, I don't know. Is you and I, was it the Super Brawl where he faced off with Rick in the match? Yeah. Rick didn't do anything? Yeah. Okay, so he was just hurt. If anybody goes back and listens to our Super Bowl eight again, episode. I believe at uh, Road Wild a couple of months. Yeah, effing stupid. They don't. They they had the match because they advertised the match and they didn't do the match. But uh, well, I mean, they oh, did so do the match. But we got to like, somehow prolong it. Oh, big yeah. injury. Lazy booking. <laughs> well, the way they uh, the way they did it at Super Brawl with the match was because Scott is legitimately hurt right here or right there. So I don't know if he's finally over it. See, but that's either the problem way. right there. He's legitimately hurt, but then they keep playing it out as he is when he's not. So you don't know anymore. Right. Yep. This one is Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner taking on Lex Luger and Rick Steiner with Ted DiBiase in their corner. This one goes about six minutes. In the end, Rick chases Scott to the back. To the back. To the back. Uh, he comes back to the ring just in time to shove Buff off the middle rope when he attempts a blockbuster. Lex then locks in the torture rack for the submission win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it dose. What say you? I gave it one. I was bored. Yeah, this was not not good. Believe me, not good. It, it was uh, it was what it was. But we now go to Mean Gene Oakland on the stage. He claims that someone showed up tonight, leading him to believe that another member of the NWO would be there tonight. Basically, he's there to hawk the hotline. Uh, do you yeah. know who the hell he's talking about here? Because I have no clue. I do not. Yeah, like, well, what members of the NWO are you talking about? The B team? Because, you know. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Brian Adams, about. Scott Norton, <laughs> and Vincent. Oh, God. C. Ray's not there yet, so. And they come out to their, like, uh, 80s porn music. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like how, you know, you, they get, like, this Jimi Hendrix, like, awesome remix kind of inspired song for the NWO. And then the B team, they're like, ah, give them some porn music. <laughs> like, what the crap? <laughs> like, this was rejected from the last Shaft movie. We'll take it. <laughs> right. Give it to the B team. They'll take anything. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, yeah, they probably would. Yeah, right. But anyway, speaking of taking anything, up next it is wow. Marka versus Psychosis. This goes about seven minutes. Laparka is wearing a black and yellow outfit here instead of his usual black and white. I'm wondering if this is when AAA started coming after him. And it was they were like, well, we own your gimmick, so therefore, F you. I don't know. But in the end, Laparka gets held up in the ropes, and Psychosis hits a leg or a top rope leg drop for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this dose and a half. What say you? I gave it two. Not bad. I mean, I've seen way better out of both of these guys. This was, it was just, a very by the eh. book. Yeah. And I like how they they made a point to, on on commentary. They're like, "Well, they're not in their usual six man tag match." It's like you mean the the uh, perennial oh, the Mexicans match. Yeah, exactly. Like you pointed that out before. It's like 
Oh, this is the the part in the show where we bring out the Mexicans. <laughs> Just oh, well, throw together. Them all in a match. Do, have a car crash match. Yeah, right, bro. They're gonna dive all all over each other, bro, and nobody give a crap, bro. Nobody we'll cares about Mexicans, bro. Yeah, right. But now we get to this. It is, and you'd think this would be the main event, but I mean, it's it, just because of the star power in it. But you know, glad it wasn't. I'm not saying it should have been, but exactly what this, you just said. <laughs> this is Kevin Nash and Hollywood Hogan versus Roddy Piper and the <laughs> Giant. It's what kind tag, of match is this? <laughs> it is a tag team baseball bat on a pole match. <laughs> You said a pole match should be a main event. I don't want to point that out to everybody. Everybody hear that? Everybody hear that? You didn't. You can't unring that bell. You're misrepresenting because I I put a caveat on there. I did say because of the star power, you'd figure this would be a main event. But God dang, what is it with WCW putting crap on poles? He ain't even there yet. He wasn't even there. there. (laughs) (laughs) It was Eric. I wasn't even there. Bro, I'm not even there yet, bro. How did they, with with the way Vince Russo's mind works, how did they not have a baggish <laughs> on a pole match? Like, uh, low hanging fruit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, well, wrong answer, Greg. They were all bags of <laughs> on a pole match. <laughs> 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 but this goes 13 and a half minutes, mother of God, because this needed 13 and a half minutes to breathe. Let me so, tell you something, by the way. The whole <laughs> thing about the giant is he's a huge, unstoppable force. You know yeah. what this guy needs? A bat. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Hogan takes off his weight belt to choke Piper with it. Later on, Hogan's on the top rope, and the giant pulls his pants down and whips his ass with his own belt. What the fuck? <laughs> and he does do an all-around ten, by the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. He he clearly tans in the butt. All right. I don't uh, know why I had that in my notes. It's not like Austin complaining about when uh, when when the when Big Show pulled his his trunks up his crack and he's like, you see my lily white ass. <laughs> like, I don't tan naked. Like, well, thanks for letting us know, Steve. But because I had that on my question card for when I meet you one day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, Steve, uh, you know, I always wondered, do you tan in the nude? <laughs> but then it gets better greg because he puts hulk hogan the man who carried the business on his back through the 80s and and most of the 90s puts him over his knee and paddles his ass what the fuck <laughs> that was interesting uh, i need to point out again russo's not here yet <laughs> i just felt the need to say that <laughs> you're right uh, later on, the giant actually helps hoist uh, Roddy Piper up the pole by his ass, again with the ass. Piper grabs the bat, but they're instantly both jumped from behind and beaten down. The Disciple, the effing Disciple, comes out now with a second baseball bat. Brutus, the effing Disciple. <laughs> Beefcake. <laughs> uh, and he stands at ringside. Hogan takes out the giant with the first ball bat. And then Kevin Nash exposes Piper's surgically repaired hip. Uh, Hogan swings. So they didn't overdo the hell out of that in this time period. Yeah, right. Hogan swings, but Piper moves and accidentally hits Nash in the gut. Piper steals the ball bat. 
and beats up on Hogan now. Disciple grabs the bat and while tossing the other one to Hogan. Hogan then blasts Piper in the back and pins him for the three. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a half. I gave it an even two. What say you? Let's see. I gave it one. Yeah. What the hell do you think I was going to give this crap? Bad. Whole thing sucked. You mean you didn't like a baseball bat on a pole match that involved uh, no. lots of asses, a lot, lots of man ass and the booty man, a.k.a. Ed Leslie, a.k.a. Brutus the effing barber? It could have had Hogan, Roman, Sting, all my favorites ever in it, and I would not have liked this. Well, Roman would have had to get his ass spanked by the giant, so, you know. And he don't need that. a tan. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if he put hands in the nude. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Kevin Nash stands up now, angry with Hollywood Hogan. Hogan insists that he only hit him by accident. Nash tries to powerbomb the... This is the catalyst of the Wolfpack, I believe, right here. That's what I was thinking, because I don't know the, the, the timeline. I'm pretty well, sure the next but... night it kind of starts. Yeah, that makes sense. But Nash tries to powerbomb the giant when Hogan cracks Nash in the back with a baseball bat before running away from the giant. And now we can see Raven's flock sitting at ringside for the next match, right before getting a commercial for Slambury. Uh, not sure if that was any good or not. Uh, you want to take a wild guess? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Uh, how, about, how about hell no? <laughs> well, up next is Raven defending the United States title against Diamond Dallas Page in a Ravens rules match that goes about 12 Diamond minutes. Dallas white trash. <laughs> uh, Sick Boy starts off by holding DDP while Raven swings his title. DDP moves and Sick Boy eats the title in the face. <laughs> uh, you know, because we needed a Sick Boy sighting. Who is <laughs> but, Sick Boy? Have you ever find that out? At least somebody? Uh... Scott Vick, I want to say. He was the one that... you remember the Katie Vick storyline? Oh, God. Uh, it was supposed to culminate with him coming in to defend his deceased sister against Kane. And, that would have uh, went over like Christopher Daniels is the higher power. <laughs> how dare you? Uh, yeah, let me double check on that just to make sure. Yes, Scott Vick. I, I was correct. So they were just looking for a Vick. Yeah. Well, yeah. In October 1999, Vic signed a booking contract with World Wrestling Federation. He appeared on Heat and Metal until his release. Yeah, because they were going to throw him in that storyline until they realized he sucked. (laughs) (laughs) What is with WWE doing that? They're like, we're going to start this storyline with no idea how we're going to end it. We'll just figure it out along the way. Like. And the payoff first twice now is we're going to pay off with somebody who nobody knows who the hell they are. Yeah. Or, and then after that, it became, how about Hornswoggle? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, we can joke about that, but that fool said he made a lot of money off that stupid crap. I will laugh my ass off if he ends Roman Reigns' title reign, but yeah, I'm <laughs> just saying, <sighs> but anyway, Uh, Getting back to this, though, uh, both men are up and fighting on the stage, and DDP dives off a stagecoach onto Raven in a bunch of hay. Yeah, you just said all that. I did not misspeak. 
Uh, Raven puts DD3, uh, DDP. This is not a, scripted, folks. He just said all those words. <laughs> right. He just said DDP dies off a stagecoach on somebody. <laughs> into a bunch of hay. Yeah. <laughs> How about a roll in the hay? Uh, and then Raven puts DD3, DDP through a post fence before beating him up with a bull rope. Again, I did not misspeak. Raven, and it just keeps so going on. Stupid. Raven eats a kitchen sink in the ring after a drop toe hold. That was real. This had ECW written all over it. <laughs> when they, they literally had everything and the kitchen sink. Uh, when Raven holds DDP, Van Effing Hammer dives at him, and again, DDP moves, and Raven gets hit this time. Reese now comes in, who, you know, was the Yeti. And he double choke bombs DDP for a near fall for Raven. Lodi is injured, so he just tosses a stop sign from the crowd into the ring. DDP gets it and beats them all down, all the members of the flock. He even hits a TKO-style diamond cutter on Kidman. Finally, Raven hits an even flow on the kitchen sink for the pinfall victory. <laughs> this is real. Uh, Uncle Dave claims this match equaled the Chavo and Ultimo Guerrero match earlier in the show for quality, and he gave it four stars. Ultimate Guerrero. Hmm. Ultimo Dragon, excuse me. Ch- Chavo, Ultimo Dragon match. Uh, he gave it four stars. I gave it three. It was fun. What say you? I gave it two. Wow. It was a wonderful mess. Yeah. It was all right. Also, I like Raven. I, I, I also did, honestly, I factored in that this was all for nothing because it's the set of Goldberg the next night winning the U.S. title. So, yeah, right. Yeah, Goldberg was on this show, ladies and gents, but they had to have him win the title the next night. <sighs> well, they had to make okay. Raven, Raven signing mean something. Yeah. It had been, what, well, seven months at this point, I think? I guess so. Now, I remember watching that Nitro, too. I was like, wow, okay. But, dude, Raven Raven looked like such a loser here. Like, I mean, he obviously won. Like, he had, like, what, five guys and a goat helping him out, and he still yep. barely won? And then, the one true Hogan, Horace Hogan, comes Holy to the hell, he said that. He comes to the ring to help Raven to the back after the match. Oh, God. But now we're going to take our second to last break. On the other side of this, we've got the main event, ladies and gents. And this one. Yeah, there's still more to go. (laughs) I know. You thought, how can it get better? Well, hold on to your butts. We'll take this next break. We'll come back with the main event. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! 
The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Main event time. After everything is cleaned up, we get Michael Buffer in the ring, so you know it's time to rumble. Apropos, this show's a complete mess. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I wonder if he was like, you know, I've uh, I, I've made announcements for some big boxing events, some major wrestling shows, and right now there's a barn with a load of hay up on the stage. <laughs> All I know is the check cleared. <laughs> that, I swear to God, his 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 motto is as long as the check clears, because he has done some crappy crap, dude. Pretty <sighs> sure he uh, announced the finger poke of doom too. Oh, yeah, he did. That was the show where uh, two ridiculous things happened before the finger poke of doom. When Kevin Nash was coming out first, he announced him as uh, from Detroit, Michigan. But is uh, something about his accomplishments and title reigns or whatever. Make him a citizen of the world. Which I was like, what the f***? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh. Other, the other crazy thing was. Uh, Kevin Nash came out and they lit off a Cody Rhodes amount of pyro for him to the point of where he turned around and looked at it like, whoa. <laughs> like, for me? Just, yeah, I think went like comedically over the top for him. But either way, this main event is Sting defending the WCW World Heavyweight title against a macho man, Randy Savage, with Elizabeth in his corner. It is no disqualification. And it goes about 10 minutes. And so, I know what you're all thinking. How can this match be bad? Uh, Randy Savage worked this match with a torn ACL, by the way. Yeah, so, you get props for that, man. You can't even walk on that damn thing. Right. Yeah. Well, strap it up real tight, brother. I'll get through it. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, keep in mind, by the way, that I just said he has a torn ACL. We'll get to that here in a minute. Oh, yeah. Watch uh, Macho Man jump starts this one. They brawl all over the place. At one point, the ref gets jumped. Sting no sells pile driver stands right back up, and then Elizabeth hits him in the back with a chair. Macho and Elizabeth are in the corner. Elizabeth which... hitting Sting with something? No way. It's never gonna happen again. Yeah. Uh, Macho and Elizabeth are both in the corner when Sting goes for the Stinger splash on Macho, but Savage moves and Sting takes out Elizabeth by accident. And she ate it. <laughs> Randy Savage uh, now beats Sting down with a chair that Elizabeth brought in the ring. Savage goes up top for the elbow drop. Hulk Hogan runs out and shoves Savage down. Uh, Sting is able to hit the Scorpion Death Drop, but the referee is down. 
Kevin Nash runs out and hits the jackknife on Sting before putting Savage on top of him and waking up the referee. The ref counts to three to make Macho Man the world's heavyweight champion, and garbage fills the ring. Uncle Dave claims that Macho Man carried Sting to his best pay-per-view match in years. Right. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Uh, Hang on, I think this is only his third pay-per-view match in many years, so. Yeah, well. Starcade, Super Brawl, and then this. I don't think he wrestled that sold out or uh, uncensored. I, I guess I should uh, bring this one back, too, because it fits. Shut the f*** up, Dave! Oh. But Uncle Dave and I both gave this two and a half stars for average. What say you? I gave it two. It was whatever. And I think, I'm pretty sure Macho Man loses the title the next night to Hogan. Yeah, because, you know, that makes sense. So there were two title changes on this show the next night. It just proves it was for nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Why? 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 I know you're trying to build that story up, and it's like maybe they didn't want to have Hogan beat Sting, I guess. Is there only logic? I but, I understand the DDP. Uh, Raven Goldberg won more. I don't know. I mean, that's it's, clearly saving for Starcade. They want to give DDP and Goldberg away on right now. I guess in hindsight, I don't know if that was what it was, but... Yeah, this, it just... It's dumb. Oh, let's put the, let's put the world title on an injured guy and then have him drop it twenty four hours later. Like what? <sighs> but after the match, Kevin Nash grabs the world title, wakes up the referee, and drops the title on Randy Savage. Hollywood Hogan and the Disciple now come out onto the stage and argue over the decision as we end the show. And that takes us to our next break, our final break of the show. On the other end of this, it's final ratings time. And what's coming up next week on El Podcasto, right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, The mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T yeah, hey, hey, It's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also At the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't Spell it with a C We spell it with a K Slowly mate Take it easy Main event marks Are available Wherever you get podcasts And on YouTube Find all of our links On our link tree At linktr.ee Forward slash Main event marks And we're back We're back Final ratings here. Internet Movie Database gives a 6.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 6.30 out of 10. I give it a 6.5 out of 10 for maybe a D minus. What say you? D plus. 
passed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was garbage. I gave it an F. Yeah, it it sucked, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I've, I've never watched this show in my life. I told and, you. Yeah, I know. I just figured it's like, yeah, let's put it on the docket, see how it goes. It sucked. <sighs> but either way, that does it for that one, mercifully enough. But we're not done with a crappy WCW this week. No, no, no. We have another show coming up this Friday for double main event week. It is our bonus show. It's WCW Thunder from April 26th. Down under. April, oh, it's down under, all right. Uh, it's from April 26th, 2000. The significance of that is David Arquetti wins the WCW World Heavyweight title. Shut up and take my money. <sighs> and yes, I know how to pronounce his name. Don't at me. It's a joke. <laughs> if someone's adding you for that, they got to think. Seriously, they're too big of a fanboy for that guy. Well, actually, <laughs> well, actually it's our kid. Like, yeah, cool. And your mother's a whore. But whatever. Either way. That uh, have you watched that one back yet? Not yet. I'm gonna do it here in a little bit. Oh man, get ready! <laughs> That's, uh, I have a feeling that one's gonna be a barn burner, like all <laughs> thunders. But yeah. So anyway, that's coming up this uh, Friday. We'll we'll cover that. But next Wednesday, we're wrapping up the month already. Can't believe it's true. April is almost over. It is TNA Lockdown. <laughs> 2008. <laughs> this one was in the Boston area and was headlined by Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. Uh, I have not watched that one back yet, but I'm going to hear real soon. I always watch in order and I haven't watched Thunder or Lockdown yet. So, yay. Uh, Lockdown, I'm actually Yay, boo, yay, boo. Hell. Uh, Lockdown, I'm excited about. Thunder. Not so much. But either way, that will wrap us up for April. Uh, and we are definitely here in Ohio getting the April showers. I don't know if I should mention that to a California boy, but yeah, it's uh, no showers in the forecast for a while now. Yeah, it sounds weird to say because it's been pouring here. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's pouring right now as we speak, actually, so two days in a row of this and uh, it's not slowing down but either way that does it for that thank you for joining me today greg yeah sure thanks a lot for this oh you're welcome we'll see y'all this friday with wcw thunder from april 26 2000 and next wednesday for tna lockdown 2008